0: Hello, you're listening to a spoiler-filled film conversation. Hooray!
1: The thing with Snooker is you end up watching it when you're a child just because, you know, you can't walk it. <laughs> or you, <laughs> you're tired from school and you're host- you a hostage well, it's to what's also, on. It's,
2: it's typically, like, it's weekend TV and it's 90s weekend TV, so, like, you just fucking watch it because it's on. It's
1: screensaver stuff your grandparents <laughs> watch, it? Yeah.
2: That's
0: the thing. I was going to say it's oddly meditative meditative. I liked watching Snooper because it was just like, it was almost like someone else was doing meditation for you.
1: The,
2: yeah, <laughs> kind of. It's, it's like just hours of near silence with pleasant sounds that break it up. Yeah, the, the,
1: the, 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 t- the clacking, the, balls, the clack of yeah. like a, the executive toy clack of
2: the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and the the commentator being like, Look at that. <laughs> really quietly talking into the microphone. Oh, yeah. Back Quite on back on brown. I just think it's yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And then every now and again in some from somewhere in the audience just
1: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is It's fucked. Um anyway, let's get on with the podcast. Snooker Loopy, that's how we we are Snooker Loopy How come this song wasn't in it guys. The whole musical about Snooker. They didn't get Chaz and Dave involved. Come on. Look, it's right there.
2: The I don't know what you would call him, the game host with the huge quaff of hair and mullet did plenty of singing about Snooker for everyone.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying you didn't need to come up with the original songs when when Chaz and Dave, you know, Cockneys as well. Got a Cockney Snooker player. Perfect song. Slap a bit of Chaz and Dave on. I guess it was uh, when was I uh, get if we talk about what it is we were talk we're supposed to talk about I guess it might come up what when it's from when is it from though
2: what a perfect introduction I cough <laughs> uh,
1: right, anyway so hello welcome to another podcast Don't fucking laugh a hello <laughs> so hello welcome to the podcast uh, where we chat about films I'm Richard. With me is uh, John Virgo's fanciest waistcoat, Abbey. Oh,
0: that's nice. <laughs> he has some really weird waistcoats.
1: Yeah, and uh, the couple of balls that uh, Stephen Henry used to fondle, <laughs> Jamie.
2: <laughs> Snooker!
1: <car>. Snooker! <laughs> <laughs> what a hype, man. <sighs> Good lyrics. Snooker Snooker Oh yeah, maybe another five snookers? Yeah, another five and then some lyrics. Another snooker yeah Just shout snooker endlessly. And also the song Quack 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 <laughs> Oh What a treat. Anyway, uh if you can't gauge from the website that you clicked on this saying the film was uh, Billy the Kid and the Green Bay's Vampire. Selected this week by Abby, who will give you further details. Because it's quite possible you'll confuse it with, was it, Billy the Kid versus Dracula or something? It's also a film? Indeed. It's not that. It's the musical about Snooker, isn't it, Abby?
0: <laughs>
1: the yes, one I'm, musical.
0: I'm to, I'm, I'm to blame for bringing this forward. Billy the Kid and the Green Bay's Vampire is from 1987. It was directed by Alan Clark, written by Trevor Preston, starred Phil Daniels, Bruce Payne, Alan Armstrong, Don Henderson and Louise Gold. And to say that it's a snooker musical is to undersell it. Because mm. it's a snooker musical where there's a rivalry between a man who may or may not be a vampire and a vaguely Western-themed street urchin.
1: Street urchin, yeah. Western-themed cockney street urchin. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Just, I... battle, battle of the gimmicks, isn't it? Indeed. But yeah, a fucking snooker musical with silly characters, Abby. That's a, that's a niche pull, isn't it?
0: Well, that's the thing. I was just doing some generally. This popped up on my radar. And I immediately put it on the list to put forward for this, because just the premise alone was like, yep! Straight in the slot, over there.
1: Like, Corner pocket, bang. Um, This is also by the guy who made Scum, right? That's another one of his films, just for context.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's probably a couple of other memorable things he's made, but that was the one that jumped out at me. But, uh... Abby, are you... I mean, I know you're a Phil Daniels uh, fan, right? You're fond of him from his quadrophenia days. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah.
0: I see him around in things, and I like him
1: in a... Time, time gentleman, please. <laughs> and, <stuff. laughs> and that one blur song, yeah. Um, but at Snooker, I guess we need to ask everyone about their Snooker knowledge. But what, is there something about Snooker that drew you to this, or not? I was
0: watching snooker just after this period. So I was familiar enough with the kind of stuff that they were alluding to in it.
1: Because snooker was huge snooker was huge in the 80s wasn't it? With British people anyway. mm. Like everyone like they were I I definitely remember there being books in my house uh, by like maybe I want to say Terry Griffiths had a book because he's from where we live or, Lnelli, or vaguely from that area he's got a place a snooker hall there anyways and I think he lived nearby but well, there are a
0: lot of fun characters
1: fun in, in
0: snooker from the late 70s through to the 80s and then everyone got a bit normal they were normal but they were also really good in the 90s and now there's, there's still some really good ones but nobody actually cares if you're just really good at something you also need to have a, a king
1: right when you say characters, I mean, Billy the Kid and the Vampire Guy were based on what? Whom?
0: Ray Ridden and Jimmy White. Ray Ridden didn't deliberately make himself look like a vampire. He just had that certain hairline and um, British teeth.
1: British teeth, yes. Yeah. Just regular fucked up British teeth. And what? A mullet makes you Billy the Kid because you're young and you have a <laughs> mullet? Is that.
0: I do not remember. Anything about Jimmy White personally that suggested anything to do with the American
1: West? Did he. Did did, uh, old Billy the Kid used to snort loads of rails before (laughs) playing snooker? or. (laughs) before busted into a saloon or a bank? I don't know. But yeah. I believe that he was like a a grassroots kind of guy. What's that mean? Grassroots. Well, hot. Aside from Billy the Kid's
0: gimmick, he was also, he came up through the bars playing snooker and then he got noticed by...
1: Butch Cassidy? What are you on about? No, no, no.
0: (laughs) The character of Billy the Kid in this was originally just spotted by a talent scout when he was playing snooker in a pub.
1: Isn't that where most snooker tables are? Well, it depends because he wasn't uh, out on the dusty plains. <laughs> Someone brought but he him wasn't into the, part of
2: the snooker club. Like, yeah, he wasn't part of the establishment, right? Right.
1: Mm. This right. So I
0: can I can see how maybe Jimmy White had that going on, where he he wasn't in the establishment.
1: He okay. Just had come up from the, the wild west, right? Okay. Um, I mean, like you, Abby, consumed snooker passively through the late eighties well, as a child. It barely counts. But into the 90s, yeah. It was just on a lot. Like, we were saying post-podcast uh, that basically grandparents all just had it on as like a screensaver. And you just end up being entranced by it because it's there, because it's quiet and boring and clicks and clacks and nothing much happening.
0: You mean pre-podcast? <laughs> no,
2: oh, This yeah. is what we're going to talk about afterwards, too.
1: <laughs> I mean pre, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Well, then, get ready for it later to say it again. <laughs> anyway, Jamie, had you you are a mega snooker fan, right?
2: You're a Oh yeah, lover. massive. I'm wearing a waistcoat right now.
1: Nice. Is it um, a, is it a proper John Virgo one or a tasteful sort of black or grey one?
2: Uh, no, none of my clothes are tasteful. Oh, so <laughs> um, no, I think I. I think everyone on Earth's experience with snooker is the same, as it's just
1: Well, everyone in Britain. I think I don't forget. It... Well,
2: yeah, is it... Um, it is. I think screensaver TV is the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> um, yeah, like it's there. It's it's moving, but it's not necessarily holding your attention entirely. It's just pleasant background noise.
1: I guess it's a good um, it's a good way to get. Rowdy kids into Pythagoras Theory by saying look it's a pu- It's a pub game it'll be completely relevant Angles and shit yeah you can figure it out oh,
2: That's I do I, I do have a lot of memories Of just like watching them do stuff On snooker like pulling out the The extension cues
1: And spider rests like, and stuff
2: st- Yeah just being fascinated By all of the like Uh Paraphernalia gadgets. Yeah paraphernalia um, and like the special white gloves and all that stuff also the pageantry. Um, yeah the yes, the pageantry of, of snooker and the, and the sitting in silence for extended periods and i want to do this on microphone the occasional <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the from the gallery yeah but like barely any not like if you if you weren't if there wasn't like that or the occasional light, polite applause, you wouldn't know there was a crowd watching it. Because it's it's almost like snooker matches are played in this weird void of non-space. Yeah.
0: I remember Uh, they were one of the first ones to bring in the overlay as well, I think, so that they could put stuff over the table graphics-wise and draw stuff in.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... It's like the opposite of American football, where it's all like screaming crowds and big, big lads headbutting each other, and you know, excited commentators. And then they stop and they do the thing where they draw over the screen of all the different plays. And then snooker's just that, but the very polite British version where everybody's quiet and they just draw one, line yeah, with a one sensible bend in line. It.
1: This is where the pig could have come off the cushion to, to snooker <laughs> the opponent.
2: Um, yeah. Also, the, there was that, and then there was also the Generation Game.
1: Oh yeah, no, 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 that... not no, no, Big Break, right? That was the Snooker. Oh, one. I'm sorry, yes. The other before one that with potluck, Jim Davidson in. Oh my God! What, what you, are you just... saying? potluck. Pot
0: before Big Break, there was potluck. I, I thought yeah. pot
1: potluck was like a subsection of Big Break, wasn't it? Where it's like the questions were potluck.
0: There was there was something before Big Break, but Big Break is the more famous
2: of the two. I would say this is that. God, I haven't thought about Big Break in years, but now it... It was I, huge. It feels like the most British thing to... Like, it's a game show. It's a Saturday evening game show entirely based around snooker and waistcoats
1: and Jim Davidson. Yeah, it just... It would be, like, it would be trivia questions uh, with ball colour assignments uh, for the categories and what he was, the snooker player had to do. It was very similar in a way to Bullseye. Another mainstream oh my God. successful just what? pub game that you play with trivia. Yeah. <laughs> but like uh, uh, but like it was oh I mean, we all, I always used to watch uh, Big Break as a child. Yeah, I, I genuinely Big liked I it, I think. It, so. Back when and I didn't it, didn't hate Jim Davidson for being yeah, a horrible brick. He oh. was just a light entertainer and he can't be that controversial other than the yeah. odd off joke.
2: Because you don't know his opinions about things yes. <laughs>
1: no. Um
2: and John Virgo would always do a trick shot. and uh, yes, I, that's right. I remember the theme. It's only a game, so try up a real good fight. We're going to be snickering you tonight. boot break. Yeah. Anyway, it's end good. of podcast. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're all, yeah, I think all of our experiences are kind of the same with Snooker. It was your grandparents watched it, so you did too, even yeah. if you never understood it.
0: As someone who's worn glasses basically my whole life, I was also fascinated by the weird glasses they had to wear to
2: play snooker. So I was always like... Where
0: did you get those? What did they do?
2: (laughs) I actually never thought about that. I never really... Realized why they had their like weird uh, opulent glasses. I thought they were all just a bunch of nerds,
1: but I thought it was just that one guy. But then uh, Ray Reardon, uh, yeah. at least the character the, the character from this is based on, he had similarly large glasses so you could look up through the glass when you yeah. when you're also did
2: did everyone because I didn't know what Ray Reardon looked like. Like I I knew what Jimmy White looked. I knew what Jimmy yeah. White was like, and but I googled Ray Reardon and yeah, he fucking looked like Dracula.
1: Yeah, I mean, he... yeah, I mean, he could also no, he, like he uh, <laughs> like a lame Dracula, though. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, it's what Dracula would actually look like, <laughs> like if he some... was on a busman's holiday. I mean, you... <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I well,
0: I used to see him in the earlier rounds of the snooker, so I knew what he looked like.
1: I don't know. Well, like, but uh, the the. The thing of it is, is snooker is particularly like for um, formal because pool has a kind of yeah, put a jukebox on. Yeah, uh, it's more of a. It, it's sort of. It's a cooler sport, isn't it? Snooker? Uh, uh, pool. Pool is a cooler sport. It's kind of you know hustlers and gambling. Pub, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And we're uh, all, rowdiness. We're
2: all fucking taff scum. We've all played pool many times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've
1: played, I've played snooker as fucking well. Fucking bones. I understand and can play snooker. I just, it's fucking... Put a pound on the table.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, those turn. Yeah. Sometimes I think you'd play pool just for the fun of the putting the money in and slamming the yeah, metal no, thing in and making the pool weird. balls come out. And then you couldn't yeah. could knit them in for toffee or whatever. <laughs>
0: and the weird look you'd get if you had to put down several coins, like you already had 20p's and 10p's, and you had to put
1: them <laughs> down and
0: it's like fucking...
1: Scrubber. I don't have a pound coin. <laughs> You're not no. fucking playing. <laughs> get, <laughs> get out of it. Anyway, uh, I guess we should talk about this film. But um, I think snooker needs contextualising because it is a, a niche <laughs> uh, sport. Um, yeah, basically, that's it. Uh, there's the thing I like about pool as well is you can cust- like there's more types of pool. And also the tablecloth, the ba- the bays, right, can be different colours, not yes, just por porka green. From, what I learned from this
2: film is that that is called bays.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things you don't think about. It's just felt, is not it? it? Gives a shit. Oh, <laughs> <I> you <always laughs> you could? You that's, the,
2: that's the pool talking.
1: <laughs> <a secret> <laughs> I like the in this film there's a snootiness about um having a cue that you screw together as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, like a proper snooker player has to have a long, long undisassemblable is that a word? Un unscrewable cue? It has to be one smooth piece of fucking I don't know, pine or whatever they're made of. No idea. Lovely elm, Q. No, absolutely couldn't. Balsa (laughs) Don't know what they're (laughs) made of. Anyway. Abby, this film. What's it about? What happens at the start? How do we... We are not at all doing this blow
2: by blow. It won't make sense. It's fucking
0: impossible.
1: (laughs) Not much much happens. Two guys get convinced to have a snooker match. One of them wins. That's it. So, the, the bit that we will
0: is they set up three different people early on because they are
1: sort of the three plates that are going in the plot the three so plates is this, <laughs> that, is that, is this a yes. snooker thing I don't understand <laughs> <laughs> the spinning plates so there's, there's Billy
0: and there's Maxwell Randall who is the three right. and then there's also this third guy who is Billy's let's call him manager
1: and he, one. is not even it T T L the one. Fuck! Why they got stupid? One, the, one of the like Billy's bodyguards called like fucking Egyptian or something like that, not he? Egypt,
0: Egypt, yeah, Egypt. which I swear has been a name for. It's <sighs> bald. It used to be a swimmer.
1: Oh, um, Jason Statham.
0: I'm sure Jason Statham had a character called Egypt at some point. Agent
1: Turkish. Rate. He's called in snatch. He's called Turkish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Turkish
1: movie.
0: So the one. T O. Billy's manager has a, a sort of vague problem going on
1: with a, problem, a right? loan shark. Yeah.
0: Who they decide to call the Wednesday Man, obviously.
1: A, why does he, he, he wants things to be paid on a Wednesday, or or snook, the snooker match to take place on a Wednesday?
2: I guess so. Th- we didn't we didn't do like expectations
1: because we got sidetracked talking about snooker. Oh right, but, that, um, I kind of took that to meet expectations. Never yeah, yeah. never heard of this. Never no. ever heard of it. There, I, I couldn't couldn't have expectations, Jamie. Well,
2: I just looking at like the plot summary on um, and you know reading. I read like the Wikipedia and stuff before watching the film. I was kind of I. I was expecting it to be more oh this sounds like more of a drama than I thought it was and it's just got like a goofy poster and name and then it started
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind like, of like similar to like it's crapper than but similar to Tommy right
2: sort of yeah i actually i, I said this in the in the text chat while i was watching it it really reminded me, and there's a few things that cr- that came up that this is, like, specific about, is that it reminded me of Buckaroo Bonsai in a lot of ways. Like, it had that, like, borderline sci-fi fantasy feel that that one has. Because, like, there's things happening in this film that suggest there's, like, more going on that we never really get to see. Like, the whole thing of, like, Super... What is it? Supersonic Sam's... God, the, the fucking oh. arcade pub club place. Oh, yeah, the, the weird Supersonic gray.
0: Sam's Cosmic Cafe.
2: That's it. And there is a suggestion in the lyrics to that song that, like, all of these, like, cockney geezer scumbags are also in some way, like, aliens. And it's, like... plays with the idea that it's, like, a literal thing. Because the, the film also takes place in this, like nowhere space like it's kind of like a
1: labyrinth of gray corridors
2: yeah and it's and there are moments of like really like stage show bits where like people sing in a spotlight and aren't like like none of the locations really make any sense it's really really like so much stranger than i was expecting it to be
0: a little bit like if you start to think about the geography of Rocky Horror too much, you're yes. sort of like, how is this a house laid out? Where yeah. is
2: this? <laughs> Rocky Horror Rocky Horror was the other thing that yeah. I thought of. It is like a, it's like a combination of um, Buckaroo Bonsai and the Rocky Horror Picture Show, but it's full of cockneys. <laughs> and
1: Snooker. So yeah. uh, I will agree, there feels like there's more to the little universe they live in, because there's also... Uh... The Green Bay's Vampires fans are sort of more middle class, and they sing in yeah. like a grey kind of city, like almost like a bank district, but it's a bit mm. vaguer than that.
2: It's very abstract. And
1: there's a rivalry between the sort of drone youth people who, who are in an arcade staring at grey arcade machines all day, like they're. In, like, which is where snooker does take place in arcades, but it kind of feels like why are they all mind-numbingly staring into these screens? Is it a commentary on youth culture? I think it's,
2: yeah, they're supposed to be like 80s punk or post-punk um... What was this? 85? Yeah, it's very, there's a very much a, like, Thatcher era versus
1: snobs thing going on. Yeah, I was going to say about Thatcher and the middle-class people, and even the house that uh, the vampire guy lives in is is fucking... um, amazingly
2: awful house that he in. it's both <laughs> uh,
1: yeah tasteless gorgeous, but british and yeah, yeah. tacky and scary
0: do you sort of want to live there but
1: not oh you couldn't you, couldn't, you couldn't do it but like as soon
2: as it started and it like it starts with the setting up of like there's a lot of like gambling and betting and things going on and a lot of like weird language like it has its own dialect. That's British.
1: That's British people talking, Jamie. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you've, lived, you've moved away for too long. You don't, <laughs> you don't recognise it. No, but
2: like it's almost like a um, again, it's like a sci-fi thing um, of a uh uh like a like a patois of different types of slang.
1: Well, I think I never, I never heard the term "green stamps" to mean like money before.
2: Green stamps, yeah. The, as soon as Phil Daniels started singing, I thought, "What is
1: happening? Am I getting pulled in? Is this working?" <laughs> he thought it was, I thought I was like, "Oh Christ, we're in for a right fucking nightmare." This is—he's probably one of the worst singers in it as well.
2: Not a great singer, but <laughs> they did in a weird play.
0: thing with eye contact. Like a lot of Billy stuff was straight down the lens.
2: Yeah, it's strange.
1: Abby, did you have any expectations before we get into some of the what we thought further further down the line here? I had looked at a few
0: clips after I found out that it existed. So I knew that but only the few seconds of the time that I had seen. And even that didn't prepare me for what now, happened.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say, is it better was was my experience better because I went in completely blind? Or did it just Did you essentially just go in blind regardless of having even seen (laughs) Clay?
0: It was for... When the bits I'd seen before happened, it was just a... Ah. (laughs) This is where this goes. But it in no way helps me. It just has a place now.
1: I think uh, the problem I had when it started, and like you say, uh, Phil Daniels starts singing at you, staring you down and singing about green stamps... Um, I did think, oh Christ, I, I kind of assumed it'd be better than this. I kind of thought, yeah. maybe, I didn't expect like fucking Disney level music numbers, but I was thinking, you know, competent stage show shit, but it was more art house. It was more art house and weird. It was going like a stranger film. It wasn't like, and it wasn't shot as if we were going to impress you. Uh, it was shot in it's... a. We haven't we haven't thought about this very much. We've got a few. Uh, we've got a maze of a set, was, and it's that's deliberately it. Deliberately kind of dingy, like it's dingy not... and low key, and there's it's, it's it's shot like a stage play, not like yeah. a we can do anything we want, which was odd. That's
2: I I I mean that ha- I've talked about this a million times before, but I I often like films that deliberately play up the like fakeness. So, like all the all the shots of them, like whenever they're driving anywhere, it's just and still, it's, and in, li- like, it's done with like yeah, and they don't even do like you know blue screen. No, uh, it
1: was stylish. It I think it looked like it looked kind of like some fucking Red mist. Yeah, it's like some <laughs> w- weird Beckett shit at times, like one of his type yeah of surreal plays. Yeah, I don't know though. It was weird. I mean, the setup was essentially uh, as Abby's mentioned. Uh, you've got three characters all in one story and yeah like the betting thing at the start was we set well, up Billy the Kid is good at snooker because he beats uh, some black guy who's he's just,
2: he's just naturally like he's talented at it and he makes money he's
1: cocky and, and young and he doesn't yeah. care and he he's a kind of Tom Cruise character in uh, The oh Colour god, of no. Money <laughs> fuck oh my god that's what this film is but, but um but I liked that there was just some woman like some black lady in a leopard skin skimpy outfit putting money huge like like A4 pieces of paper size I don't know <laughs> fifty pound notes from the past on a snooker table and then believe the kid just dumps a, dumps his wet uh someone puts down his money for him like or Egypt or Egyptian or whatever his fucking name was. He comes in with a bun with his bunts, and then he wins that match, and then we that is intercut with the one this manager character in some uh, non-specific uh, poker match that he loses, and is then indebted into, and his debt gets him talking to a gangster in a in a sort of slightly weirdly lit room. Yeah, and it's the Wednesday man, the Wednesday bloke. I mean, this okay? Yeah, he's, but he's uh, the the guy who gets strangled by Darth Vader in the original Star Wars. I can see why Darth Vader not a fan of this. So fair enough. The bet, so you owe someone a bunch of money, and he's like, oh you haven't paid on Wednesday. It's gone the the time, so you have to set up a snooker match between two specific people. That it, it has to happen on a Wednesday, and that it, it's not that he has to your guy has to lose. It's just. We're gonna bet on it, right? What's does yeah, he want? Does he know, doesn't just want him to gamb- throw the match or anything, does
2: he? Gambler politics. Like none of us are into the gambling, so we don't really understand. But how, how uh,
1: you pay your debt by sorting out a snooker match? Is that all he has to do? And it involves getting a reporter to interview them, right? That's the idea.
2: Well, he says it. He explains his plot later. It basically he hates these, like, scummy snooker players <laughs> coming in. Like, he's part of the... He's part of that, like, elite group, Thatcher's along with Maxwell. <laughs> and he hates the, like, these lower-class scumbags who are, you know... And and Billy, like, represents them. Right. And it's, like, it's he's insulted, like, they all are, at the idea of this, like, cockney dickhead.
1: Someone who wears a leather waistcoat. Ooh. <laughs>
2: fuck. Yeah. And has one of those cues that break apart in the middle. But, um... Yeah. So he's set this off because he he wants to essentially humiliate him in this like spectacular fashion.
1: But let's get this straight. There's no you have to throw it in the third, uh, I don't know what to snooker have, sets, racks, or whatever. It uh, goes down in the fifth. There's none of that. It's, yeah, yeah. They're just planning to bet on whoever Well, doing a load they of money. Fully,
2: they, they just fully expect him to lose. To be spectacularly trounced by Maxwell. Right, right,
0: There's right. an inference that it's been fixed by Maxwell. Or rather, I think there has been fixing, but that's not part of T.O.'s
1: problem. How can he fix it, though? By drug his the, chalk or something?
2: No. bent referee.
1: That doesn't did it? Well, no. I, I,
2: yeah. I, I think he's he says it to T.O. He says Maxwell won't be at his best, but I think he says it just to make them like mm. cocky, just to make it that much worse,
1: right? But how, so, how is the reporter woman roped into giving these interviews that partly set up the characters, but also somehow piss off uh, the auctionman
0: T.O. hires her to interview them both to
1: stir up. Trouble drama, yeah. And she is just your kind of, uh, I don't know, vaguely normal-looking eighties woman with a horrible brooch instead of a tie on her shirt. And she just asks them about themselves, right? And uh, th- that the it, the vampire guy, his gimmick, you he, know, he's a start He mean he's in an advert. We see the first time we see. Uh, uh, okay, all right. What this this
2: is you're about to talk about what might be the scene in the film that, like, sold me on the film. Right. Um, Was the slow pan to show the coffin, and the coffin, like, fully filmed like a a Hammer horror movie. The vampire rising from the coffin, making his way towards the camera with his massive vampire teeth, and then realizing he has morning breath, and the little spray and the sparkle on his teeth, and I was, and then it reveals that they're filming an ad. And I was like, What the fuck is this? What is happening? Yeah, was how just... is this about Snooker? This is amazing. And it was a like, good joke. Alan Armstrong in this film is fucking fantastic. He's so, like, just everybody in this film, and this is another thing that I think I said in the, the text chat was like, what helps this film is that everybody is on fucking. I don't know how much cocaine there was on set, or just everyone was just excited to be in a film <laughs> and singing songs. I don't know because everyone is going a hundred and ten percent in this film,
0: full commitment, um, and yes, I applaud
2: them for that to this absolutely absurd idea. It's fantastic. Well, um, he's he's always been he's know, always he's, he's always standing
1: it. Alan Armstrong has always played a good dickhead in things. Yeah, he's such a it's he's so, just it's essence so big. of prick. Yeah, no, it like is, and so he's, he's got the full character. Yorkshire accent and the sort of uh, constantly sort of up himself and angry and and but also quite demeaning to his wife and her dog and things. Or, so. oh, <clears> yeah, but it's the, the, the,
2: also in, he's still alive and still acting, and in this film he looks <clears> about sixty. So I. Don't know.
1: I think he's in the frontier on Netflix. I think with Jason Momoa and all that. I think that's him as the bad guy in that. Anyway, this scene that you've uh, described—the advert being set up—shows us that he knows he has the gimmick of being a vampire. Like he looks a bit like a vampire. He plays it up as a kind of well. Also, thing. is he one? Because. Well, his dad's this, a vampire. But, yeah. but he also seems quite miffed when the, the the journalist has talked up his vampiriness. And he's like, I'm not really a vampire. I like the smell of. He has a song about not liking the smell of garlic and how he's just a normal bloke from wherever he's from. And he's like, wait, so you brought this upon yourself then? And also, your dad is a vampire, so. I
0: think, I think he was trying to cover, though.
1: What? Do you you think, think he's in, in disguise? So you're a real vampire? Yeah. But he was saying how he isn't one, so. Well, but he's a, and his house the, has a picture of Bella Lugosi on the wall, and it's all like red and black and grey, <laughs> and, and chintzy still. I'm British, but yeah, like the, okay. So the scene where he, uh, the one, the manager, goes to talk to him, uh, what's his name? Williams, something, right? Williams, What was it? The Green Bay's vampires' real oh, name? Oh, Maxwell. Maxwell, what? Uh, Randall. Randall Maxwell, yeah. right? No, no, no Max Maxwell Randall. Randall. Okay, well, Ray Reardon. Stand in, <laughs> but uh, so Maxwell has to be convinced to offer this uh, up-and-comer a match, and so the one goes there and meets him in some upstairs room, which is like a gothy room.
2: This is yeah, this is much later in the film, but yeah, yeah
1: but it's it's got a snooker table, like a black snooker table with black balls and one red ball, and slightly maybe slightly dunno lightning shit on it or something. And then underneath the the table is a, a, a stereotypical, like, pointy haired vampire or widow's peaked vampire with his arms across his chest with white makeup on. And he says that's his father. I think he's like yeah. a great vampire and snooker player.
2: And his father is able from beyond the grave to move the balls on the table, which yeah. Tio like passes out when that happens, and that's the end of the scene. That's like this is fucking, this is like all like moving into the last act of the film, and it was still surprising me <laughs> with stuff it was doing. It was just
1: like what what's going like that's it's funny and weird, but what this guy's a normal Yorkshireman and also a vampire, but he's got I just don't understand. What, he's straddling both identities. Uh, he's completely invested in being a vampire, but also pissed off about it. I don't understand, Abby. Do you, what? What did you take from this? I mean, what did you like? I mean, also, what did you think of that scene? Because it was one of the more more peculiar ones. Well, I sort
0: of came at this with wrestler logic.
1: Wrestler logic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right.
0: it's like he has to like live the gimmick,
1: ah, shape.
0: and like he might not enjoy it, but he's committed to it. You see, so
1: he'll he's saying he's he's like Gangrel.
0: And then, like later on, when they have the career versus career match, I was like, "Yeah, that's wrestling." That yeah, that's wrestling here. Yeah. So it just—if you think of it in those terms—it makes a bit more sense,
1: right?
2: Actually, okay. yeah. Like how the Undertaker used to have to like dress in all black all the time in the nineties and wear sunglasses and like not talk to the press or you
1: know, because like he's
2: bet... the scary zombie cowboy. He can't. Uh,
1: I bet, of I, I bet the Undertaker's house is a bit weird, like not it won't be chintzy like British, but it'll be like Americana regular person house, but also a lot of gimmicky shit like biker and undertakery shit everywhere. But oh, you know, still yeah. with like um, a regular TV and yes like a blocky couch, <laughs> but still too much you know, gimmick garbage about just a you know, just 'cause you can't coffins go coffin's big big bald eagle stuff most of bikes signed kid rock album <laughs> fred, <laughs> fred Durst cut out <laughs> um but yeah the, i so let's also talk about uh billy the kid then what was his character william william t kid what was his name <laughs> He's It just was billy william the kid, yeah they never right and he is just uh, kind of mulleted cheeky cockney and uh, proper he... snooker player mullet as well, yeah. Which were, uh, you know, early days with uh, with White. He had, uh, yeah. Oh, oh
2: yeah. Hair he was like that. known for his, his that exact hairstyle.
1: Yeah. And he, but he has a slight, you know, you know, slightly western shirt, leather uh, leather waistcoat. But then generally that's the, that's the the gimmick. And then his hat. He has like a. I don't. Know, is it his house or is it just where he hangs out? Because he hangs out in the arcade where he plays. But he also. <laughs> I mean, has a Western-themed house, or yeah, something. it's it's
2: it's his house-ish,
1: yeah. I guess. Like it's it's his. It's like a it's thing. like a th- it's like a themed bar, a Western yeah. bar. So it's got um, or it's got like a literal one-armed bandit that, that looks like a one-armed bandit, and uh, but you know, c- you know, just cactus shit, so, and he's got we, a shooting range, right? They actually do like yeah, some shooting yeah, of like little theme- tin cowboys get yeah. shot down.
2: There's so I. I think I've talked about this before, but generally, I I don't like musicals. Like, I'm not. I'm just. I'm not a fan. I find them kind of tedious.
1: Um, Lucky you, You've got exactly what you want then. Well, like, well. How could you not like musicals? And then this one, you like? Oh, this gets a pass. What? What? Fun. Because the
2: the songs are all strange, and there's a little bit of a like eighties, like post punk, goth kind of feel to them. I think I. Compared some of the songs, they almost sound like Oingo Boingo songs. Um,
1: right. Right, at and, times, it's got a David Lynch-like quality to it as well. I suppose. Do you think? Uh, I, like What's I the think strangeness more, of it.
2: More like Danny Elfman, like right. early early Tim Burton, but without the like you know everything's black and curly kind of thing. But that it's not as
1: of... caricatured because it's it kind of plays everything down a little too much. I think.
2: Yeah, that is uh, yeah. It's it's almost like the film itself doesn't commit as much as the cast at times, but um, but there's the songs in this film are because they're so like odd and performed with such (laughs) vigour by the cast, not not talent. Figure. Yes, <laughs> I, let me. Uh, some of the sing- some of the singing's very good. The guys, the, the no. gu-
1: there's the guy who in the announcer for a snooker match. I didn't mind his snooker song. I thought he <laughs> did that with a plum. And, oh, and Randall's wife. Randall's yes. wife,
2: She's amazing.
0: Um the Ferret is the actress. Yeah. Sister, she was cracking. That, like
1: proper operatic singer. What about um, what about the guy who I don't know? He's got like a weird ted- teddy boy haircut. Yeah, yeah.
2: I was I was about to mention him because the song his voice was that, right. The song that stood out to me for like the first song that I was like I think I like these songs was the the supersonic Sam's fucking whatever it's called the the one in the you know that introduces you to the concept of the cafe the one where Phil Daniels is looking right at you as he sings it. Yeah. And,
0: that gentleman's name might be Zoot Money.
2: Yeah, I think that's him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, he's really good. Um and that song was like I really like that song. Um
1: and it was fucking it was, it was better than Phil Daniels' opening song where he's just he doesn't care about the money's one and so he's going up he's spotlighted in a sort of pretend back alley and he's giving loads of money to like homeless people and letting it be robbed and giving it to some old woman yeah, and singing about it. And it's yeah. it's such a car crash song. Any anything yeah, by comparison was better than that song,
2: um, but yeah, it has this like bouncy, new wavy kind of sound to it, and that, that like throwback rock and roll thing that a lot of that music did have, like underpinning it. Also, very disconcerting to have Phil Daniels stare you down and sing. I was just sitting there thinking, like,
0: do I fancy Phil Daniels in oh, this? Yeah. What's happening here?
2: The grief. I mean, it's what's really you... weird because then I, al- I always remember him as the guy from uh, uh, Time Gentleman, please. But, um, there is a
0: distinct thing with that, though, where it's like, yeah, when he's looking at you, you're kind of like, ooh, then he turns his head, and you see his head,
2: like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you his, his very British-shaped face. Yeah. Uh, but, no, that song's great. Also, Alan Armstrong's big opera number, speaking yeah. of Eve Ferrer, about you know and he's got the whole like backing choir with him and he uh, again a lot of it is his performance of that song it i would
1: say song. though the the backing singing and stuff there's a lot of ambiguous lyrics like i don't mean, know it's also the british slang thrown in and the you know there, there's yes, a, there's there a hard to pick like, out what the songs yeah, are about sometimes
2: that one in particular once that song really gets going and the backing singers and Alan Armstrong, Andy all singing over each other, there was a point where I was like, I don't know what any of you are saying. Um, but no, those songs, and then also the, uh, uh, the back and forth song in the snooker match at, towards the end of the film, where they're, like, chanting off against each other. It was um, a
1: little more fun, because it needed some levity at that stage, cause it got, once it got about, once it had become about watching snooker, it slowed down a bit, and then they needed the song to punch, punch, in,
2: I like punch it up a bit. I like they show you Alan Armstrong win the first frame entirely, and then they turn it into, like, a weird, abstract Billy the Kid losing his nerve, and, like, sh- sh- like the camera's going mental, and every like, it's... I don't know, I was really engaged with all of that, and the songs were a big part of it. I think a lot of it is, for me, <clears> musicals <throat> are often, like, a song is starting, and it's like, oh, fucking checking your watch, because the songs always, like, in a lot of musicals, they're always so earnest, um, and, like... Well,
1: i got to say, I was checking my watch a lot in this, so I don't know... <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ernest. I mean, there's a there's a sense of humour to this film, at least. Yeah. Abby, you are the one who picked this, so I feel like you should uh, have a chance to sort of say what you want about at least the song element of it. Um, Justify my enjoyment of the songs <laughs> in this <laughs>
2: film,
1: or don't.
0: But the thing with this is there's pockets of stuff to like, but not yeah. in any order that makes sense.
1: Like like Snooker, you have to pocket the things, but not in the order that makes sense. You
0: have
1: to go red, colour, red, colour, red. (laughs) Yeah, go on.
0: So I can see, like, there are individual songs that I like. There are individual scenes that I like.
1: Like what? Well, specifics?
0: Like, I quite like Supersonic Sam's as well. Hmm. And bizarre as it was, the quack quack.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> was oddly compelling in a kind of like it reminded me of like West Side Story and things like that.
1: Yes. a little. Like the the, quack, the quacking song, which is a bit of a weird taunt from the the youth to the to the more middle aged fans. I don't know why they were doing that. I guess I was mocking them talking or something.
2: Yeah, they're just quacking like fucking ducks because it's all posh people speak.
1: Yeah, and uh, so the. I mean, you do liked, you like the moments, Abby. But would you say there was a, like I? To be honest, I find it hard to remember the different songs because they were all um talky ish songs about what's going on. They weren't like there was no song where, like oh that's this everyone will be singing that. There was no fucking big meatloaf anthem style song or um. There was no, like, oh, this is a functional song that will be put out as a single. It had a very much, these songs don't work in any other context. You know, blandness, I think, across the board. Even when I was enjoying bits of them. It was more an enjoyment of, thank God, something else is happening at last. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. What um, What did you think of the song where uh, T.O. and Billy uh, like Go back over like how they met.
1: <sighs> really? <laughs> oh, that was one of my favourite ones.
0: I think it's just because, like, I felt like I was cheated that they weren't like showing anything. They were just saying uh, stuff. it's like this is the perfect opportunity for you to just lift up the back of the, the set from the back of the stage and have them somewhere else.
2: Oh, that's yeah. Well, that it just keep
0: doing exactly what they're doing but you have
2: yeah. to do something else. Move the sets around a little bit. Yeah, I don't know, I think I maybe I just appreciated the homoeroticism mm. between
1: them. <laughs> I, th- I think the, the trouble for me all the time was the lack of ambition. It was almost like, it's quite funny we're doing a snooker musical, isn't it? Yeah, this is great. No one does this shit. And you go, yeah, but you're making a musical now, guys. You can be ambitious with this. And I, I imagine there's a be... l- budget limitation, but yeah. still... <laughs> I...
2: I would imagine there was quite a strict budget limitation, because I don't ima- I can't imagine, like, shopping this around to companies and
1: um, like a big, throwing like money at you. The old-fashioned 50s-era musicals, they're quite, you know, high-budget still. They just usually have one or two big stage sets, and they get the most out of them by having really well choreographed uh, dance sequences and music numbers. So, you know, something like Singing in the Rain is really high-budget, but... They don't fucking teleport around the world and do loads of intricate stuff. It's all studio-based, you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to... Well, I also think
2: that this film, considering, like, when it was made and what this, like a lot of the subtext is, like, there is that... Um, there's a deliberate element of kind of taking the idea of a musical and subverting it a little bit and making it, like, grimy and and strange, like it's it's a very much a post punk film in that sense.
1: It did but it did feel like uh more amateur, maybe more it was just too similar to how theatre has to do things and it didn't take full advantage of uh the potential in grandeur and the camera work you could have done and... In
0: the defense. Mm. They hadn't intended to do it all on a soundstage. It was a late change that they had to do it in a studio.
2: Oh, right. So... Where did you find any of this out? Because I couldn't find fuck all about this film.
0: They, It was hard. (laughs) There is nothing
2: to know
1: about this film. film. (laughs) Barely this film. No one one has ever talked about this film.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This may be the only...
1: Conversation that's been had about it. Yeah
0: but yeah that was one like one of the few things i found out was that they were they had to make last minute changes
1: but there's a lot of times they go they default to having the characters wearing grey within a grey set standing there singing like the backing singers don't do a lot they just stand around the main characters or line up or they sing at each other from across uh, admittedly a kind of interesting arena at the end for the final match. It
2: might, it might also be like part of why I'm okay with it is I don't have because I don't like musicals. I also don't really have like not not that I don't have respect for them, but like there I don't have like a reverence or a a thing about that genre. Like I have no expectations when it comes to songs. In films, so it's just like whatever happens within the context of that film is how I'm going to judge it.
1: Hmm. Also, means um, you know you haven't seen a, a bazillion ways in which other people have done similar things. Oh,
2: I've seen plenty of musicals. I just don't like them. <laughs> okay. I, I, the the one that I can think of that I like that is a straightforward musical is the '60s version of Oliver.
1: Okay, couldn't have guessed that would be the one exception. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I don't know why. I mean, Oliver I it, is a is a good musical show.
2: I think it's because I like that "Who Will Buy" song a lot. Okay, but um, and but like the musicals I do like, I think this fits within that wheelhouse because I like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah, because it's in a lot of ways very similar to this in that it's very. Chaotic and messy. Yeah, the songs are very kind of brash and
1: loud and all over the place. Um, but they got memorable songs. Like I, again, I can think it, of songs from Rocky Horror. Is... This one, I'm like, the what about snooker. <laughs> Don't know.
2: Yeah, I mean that isn't this. Yeah, this doesn't have the the same caliber of songs. Um, I guess I do like Nightmare Before Christmas too because it's again, it's a musical, but it's like it's more offbeat with its content and its song choices. Side
0: note, I encourage everyone to listen to A Night Before Christmas in the Spanish dub. It's fantastic.
2: Oh. <laughs> do they keep the English language songs, or
1: do they... No, no it's it Spanish. The so, K-S! 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 Anyway, enough about Jamie's general music tastes. This film...
2: Enough about Technically better musical. <laughs> now, let's
1: get to let's get to the finer point of this thing. Um, so the reporter does her job correctly and it interviews the people and writes an article, and that gets them annoyed enough to have a uh, special match. the the, the, uh, the one has pulled off his incredible arrangement of make the snooker players fight fight each other. <laughs> make the snooker players play, play snooker, snooker. and so they've arranged this. Uh, showdown, and the stakes are uh, because, I guess, uh, the vampire guy doesn't want to do it, or doesn't want to sully himself with some lowly upstart, he is like, this is a career versus career match, no more snooker for you, professionally, anyway. And then, yeah. They could have had a hair versus hair match, either haircut would have been better (laughs) off shaved away. Um... And uh, after realising the dead vampire guy under the table is possibly magic and alive, the one passes out upon agreeing to the terms and some lightning striking. And then, wait, what's the arena for this? It's sort of a kind of grey, uh, modernist it's, it's, style. Yeah, it's, they don't say, but I can tell you it's
0: not the Crucible.
1: No, which is where all <laughs> snooker matches <all> take <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um. It's got there's yeah, two it's... layers to it though, like a balcony that where it's like a not like many snooker halls, so it's an odd. It's almost
2: like a. It's almost like a. Um, if you asked Terry Gilliam to design a mm. uh, snooker arena,
1: uh, yeah, maybe in a dystopian future like Brazil or something.
2: Yeah, and also like um,
0: quickly <clears throat> about it, slightly from above is the best place to watch snooker from.
1: It's better, yeah. You should have yeah. more of a like a tiered approach. Be a bit worried about people flicking fag ash down or something, or dropping <laughs> a drink. But uh, I do yeah, like that. A good vantage point.
2: Presumably, uh, snooker hall is one of the few places you're al- uh, you're allowed to still smoke indoors. I'd imagine required even. Yeah, you have <laughs> to have
1: a high quota of smoking. Yeah. Yeah, you need that atmosphere as well. Uh, but you know they they have this. Uh, it's a lavish, uh I guess televised batch, it was a presumed televised. And we get the introductions to them both and uh, I like that Phil Lannis- Phil Lannister? What the fuck? I like the <laughs> I like that I like that Phil Daniels is wearing a smart version of a kind of black cowboy shirt, just a little yeah. bit of trim. Uh obviously Dracula type characters always wear shirts and ties, right? bow ties and they kind of dress like snooker players just with a bigger collar right that's the idea
0: I'm surprised they didn't yeah. make him
1: wear that sort of half cake <laughs> but uh, you know they both come out get they get introduced uh, and uh, yeah it's that the weird thing with snooker as a sport is two people play each other I don't know why there's not mixed doubles in snooker actually but apart from in uh, Jim Davidson's uh, game show uh, but you only ever play, one, one person plays another, and it's always one person at a time. And the majority of a snooker matches, one person is sat down bored, and the other one yeah. is playing the game. So it's the they weirdest.
2: They a good job of capturing that as well. <laughs> in the, like, there's, a, there's a brief period in this film when, this, when the snooker actually starts, where you, it does kind of feel like you're just
1: watching snooker on TV. It's one of the, it's one of the few sports where legitimately, if you're waiting for your turn, you could just be looking at your phone. Just yeah. like... Because you, yeah. you don't need to know anything other than... oh, You can look at the table to see how the balls have been left. And you can look at the scoreboard to know the score. You literally do <laughs> It doesn't matter. And they always look bored. They always look like, can I chance picking my nose? <laughs> is now a time... I'm just going to cough with his hanky and then get right up there. <laughs> so there is an element of this is the fucking weirdest... like. The fact that one person is just doing their thing for for ages is the whole thing.
2: Yeah, I really appreciated that the film at this point was bold enough to divert from all of the mad shit it had been doing to just watching a guy pocket every ball on the table for an extended scene. I was like,
1: that's...
2: that's a. Uh, like as weird as it sounds, that's
1: a bold choice at this point in, also, in context. Well, well done for getting your actors to actually seemingly pot some things themselves. There were some good that shots was... of both actors getting a good shot done. I mean, you can do as many takes as you want, but they did quite a few. So you think, oh, at least they you're gonna have you're gonna have obviously regular snooker players to do the bulk oh. of your shots, but we actually saw the actors do it sometimes, and I, I was I respect that.
2: Yeah, I was I was really impressed by um how many times it was clearly either Alan Armstrong or Phil Daniels yeah really like cleanly passing balls
1: yeah looking like they should be at a snooker table yeah
2: yeah doing it pro- like as a as a as a mediocre to terrible um <laughs> pool player I, I like once like it's it's one of those things that like it looks really easy when you're watching people who are good good at it do it and then you actually get down to like that angle of looking at the ball and holding the cue and you're like, Oh fucking hell,
1: this is a It's not just getting it, it's more. not just getting in though, it's literally getting the white ball to roll back into the right place. Yeah. Uh, or to set 'cause you're setting up shots as well, it's not just get them in, isn't it? So
0: Yeah. And that sort of weird elation followed by depression when you manage to do something quite spiffy but you have no idea how you did it.
1: Uh. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we get we get the obligatory uh, sports montage before the match of them both practicing. They sort of sing a little bit and uh, practice, snooker, um, right? One of my favourite lines of the film is in that sequence.
2: I think where uh, Tio, the one, uh, says that Maxwell's. Uh, I hear Maxwell's very confident to Billy, and Billy
1: says so with
2: Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I mean, yeah, he was.
1: yeah, I can't argue. He also had a silly haircut. Fair enough.
2: That,
1: yeah. Hitler, of course, famously, uh, you know, easily defeated the Polish, but um, lost in the seventeenth frame to Britain and the <laughs> Allied forces. I think because he played, he played uh, the Russians and the Allied forces, the British, on the same day, and it was fatigue that lost the Germans the war, wasn't it?
2: He decided to pop the white. If you know what I mean
1: <laughs> yeah. oh I think I'm s i
2: am think that's a euphemism for shooting himself in the head, but I don't know.
1: Anyway <laughs> he's he's in the snooker hall in well the hot snooker hall. He's playing <laughs> snooker now. Hell hell now, yeah. Oh Jesus. Anyway, how do we get here? Um so yeah, we, the, the the what you Abby? What do you make of the final show, Dan? Like, I mean, it follows the classic uh, sports movie formula of uh, the underdog, you know, sweating it out, losing his, uh, be yeah, being worried, losing his. What's the word? That's what I'm looking for? Direction. No, <laughs> don't know what sports movies you've been watching. Wax on, wax off. No, no, no. Come on, help me out here. What did he he lost his mojo, got all concerned, right? That he was out, out of his league. Yeah. And then makes uh has a basically the thing that convinces him to get back on form, Billy the Kid, that is, is that his manager tells him
2: No no no. It's that the Wednesday man does the classic villain mistake of coming in to brag about his entire plan. Oh. And then leaving, like he literally just walks into the room, explains the plot, and then says, "Anyway, you're fucked. Goodbye." Yeah, and that's what gets Billy to be like, "Ah, fuck it," because it, like, he kind of shakes off the the uh uh like the decorum that he's because he's been sitting there very kind of quietly and politely, but also very nervously watching all of this play out. And then once he has a laugh with T.O., and then the guy comes in and is like, "I I hate all, all of you." <laughs> it's uh, the the act, sure. I, I can't remember where the oh, I don't know where the actor's from, or I don't remember where this accent is from. But the actor who plays the Wednesday Man always says uh, "yow" in, instead of "you," like Birmingham style. Now, yeah, it's, is that a Brummy oh, thing? Wolverhampton, that is, where, yeah. yeah, Midlands. Yeah, I...
1: <laughs> but yeah, so Abby, what did you, Abby? What did you think of this sports style? Did it work as a, a snooker sports movie as well as a musical? Did you think this is an okay uh, chunk of the movie?
0: Well, that's the thing. It got it got very straightforward for a bit. It was like, oh, it's yeah. the back the like oh, he's getting mullered in the first eight frames. If he doesn't get the next one, he's going to be out. Bad guy comes in. Blah, 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 blah. He's rejuvenated. There's a bit of a battle as they go on. Gets right down to the final frame. And then they pull the rug out again.
1: Hmm. The bees By... out. They pull the bees out.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> By having uh, Maxwell have actual telekinetic powers be possessed. <laughs> yeah. And for billions of kids to use a gun to <laughs> to Somehow, shooting the snooker ball breaks it from it, yeah, Maxwell's thrall. I don't understand that.
1: Well, it's just not cricket, is it? I mean, uh, you're not allowed a handgun or magic powers in snooker. I did, like, in the final... If they both, if they both cheated, then no one cheated. Ah, that's how that works. Like chess. <laughs> if, you, if, we, if we both agree to cheat, it's fine. Yeah. Um... I liked I liked the you're always trying to figure out like what's the thing that, the hubris what's gonna be the hubris of the bad character, what's gonna be the triumph of the good. And I liked the idea that on the last shot that would have won it for the bad guy, he pots it but accidentally pots white as well. Yeah. Causing it like, a table like. reset. That's like a nice and then it's a nice a nice easy shot for Billy the Kid, but Adding in that supernatural thing, as Abby described, the vampire levitation powers and then a sharpshooting finishing off of the ball, um, that was like, oh, good, you've remembered you're a fun, silly thing. <laughs> We're not just going to end I think it, on that. The
2: film is sort of playing it as you, you, you can choose whether to see that as literally happening or whether it's just a heightened representation of the tension of whether to... that ball's going to go in.
1: Well, it's the it's the drama and the excitement of a snooker yeah. match finishing. I suppose because
2: once the ball goes in, it cuts back to Billy and he's blowing the end of his cue. As nice, as if it's yeah, a
1: gun. yeah, very nice. It was a nice touch. And then, weirdly, um, there's no repercussions of our the book. It's like. At this stage, maybe the guy who wanted to fix the snooker match is pissed off and he's going to break your legs or your cue or your head or whatever. And maybe the one is in trouble now. But there's none of that, because we just finish off with the credits with the one s- s- being fi- filmed singing upwards at you. um, some so, unmemorable song to finish I, us off. Yeah, I and there's just credits roll, nothing. That not done, he won the it, match, yeah, who cares.
2: It ends very abruptly, and the song of the credits, I i was awful <laughs> like as the person who i guess has been defending the songs in this film the whole time that song over the credits was shit cuz it was just like a it was like a mid album like a mid mid album queens of the stone age mood piece that moves in from one song into another rather than like an actual song to end this film
1: off <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, um, what happens? Like, how does uh, the vampire guy accept his like uh, never being able to play snooker? Again? He's just f- essentially retired.
2: His eye, yeah, his eyes go white, and he looks like he's going to explode. Oh that's yeah,
1: the, uh, I guess he dies. Yeah. If a if a snooker, <laughs> yeah. if, a snooker vamp, if a snooker player vampire can't play snooker, that's as good as biting into some garlic, right? For them, or or uh, is it like a silver bullet? Is that one? I was also I was disappointed in this film when uh, the vampire snooker player looks in the mirror and he has a reflection. I was like, oh, come on, guys. We should have just had a levitating cue <laughs> or something.
2: Um, I liked throughout that match one of the things that stuck out to me was um, and again, it's another, it's another point for Alan Armstrong. The shots of him, the like weird sort of Dutch angle shots of him Sitting there, and then really slowly smiling in like a like a rictus like grin, like grimace. Um, just really appreciated how like creepy and weird they made him look, and how they played that off against um Billy sitting there, like Phil Daniels sitting there, really embodying. Exactly what Jimmy White looked like, just uh, sitting waiting for his turn on TV, and that like
1: juxtaposition
2: of like generic snooker player, literal vampire. Because
1: they they did they did have that setup where he goes to play and he he can't see the balls. How could he pot them? He's having a sort of existential crisis. He's not only yeah can't play well. He's just he, this is almost like supernaturally.
2: Yeah, this is where it's blinded. The songs I really like again kicked in with the the two uh like the the two the the two sides of the Greek chorus doing their their different chants playing off against each other um and again i I don't know if I've ever in my life been invested in a snooker match or snooker is it a match I don't know um, <laughs> apart from the end of this film. I found myself getting really like, "Fuck! Is he gonna do it? Is he?" And then, like, whenever uh, uh, Maxwell pots the white, I was like, "Fuck! Fuck yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> what a mark. Come on. This guy, you've never seen
1: a musical or a sports movie before. You know how this is going
2: down. We're all fucking wrestling fans. We all understand.
1: Well, Vince McMahon isn't booking snooker, though, is he? He fucking
2: should be. But that is good, though, because
0: anyone who is literate... No. Let me rephrase. Anyone
1: who's illiterate. We're all
0: illiterate. (laughs) It was a good swerve because like if you take sports movie rules in general then it would have been oh the black's coming up onto the pocket and oh no he's just hit the side and it pops out the good yeah. guy's got a chance <laughs> whereas in this like oh he potted the black is this over oh but the white went in you
2: yeah. sneaky bastards and I, I don't know I found myself really into whenever he whenever Billy hits the the streak and starts like tossing everything and his like he's singing and all that but i just like this is very uplifted (laughs) i'm really invested and i mean like it's exactly the same as like you know um wrestling matches all all tend or a lot of wrestling matches tend to follow the same beats Hmm. but if you like it You're sucked in every time. I suppose, yeah. Like, you know the fucking... Whenever someone's in a sleeper hold so they can have (laughs) a minute to rest and the ref's doing the hand thing to check and then, you know, oh, his hand didn't go down the... Like, you fucking know. You know that's going to happen. You know that, like, the Undertaker's going to tombstone someone and because it's WrestleMania, they'll kick out of one tombstone and, and the commentators will say, no one's ever kicked out of the tombstone before, even though everyone has it. every Wrestlemania at some point of uh, the tension.
1: Yeah, I, I will say the formulaic nature of it doesn't take anything off for me, but we did sit through an hour of people wandering through grey corridors, <laughs> singing hard-to-understand songs about a quite a simple plot. We're going to play a snooker match. <laughs> you know? And then some slightly weird, like, what are they trying to say with these fucking weird... Are grey arcade rooms like? What does that mean? What? I, I wanted answers as to the universe they lived in. Why? I thought
2: it was going to reveal at some point that much like uh, riffraff and
1: the guys from Rocky Horror are aliens. I would have liked the vampire yes. to have more actual vamp. Maybe someone's neck gets thought, neck gets bit and turns into yeah, a vampire, or he flaps he, away as a bat or something.
2: Like the because they like, the vampire thing is is pretty, like, not established, but, like, it's it's there in the film, and they allude to this almost, like, sci-fi alien thing going on with the working class people. So, in, it's slobs versus snobs, but framed as aliens versus vampires. I thought they were gonna, <laughs> like, lean into that a little bit more, but then they kind of don't. Like, they're, that, that's, they're just, you know, eighties punks. Yeah. Yeah. The thing that disappoints me
0: so much is that when you try and describe it, it sounds amazing.
2: (laughs) But it wasn't (laughs) It's just so like it's very It's very, very like muddled and all over the place. Yeah. It's hung on it's hung together very, very loosely.
1: It's weirdness is its virtue, but it doesn't make enough of how weird it is. Like, do you know like Tommy the musical has a similar feel at times, but it gets quite bizarre and has a much more visual flair. Like I kind of I don't like Tommy that much because it's too fucking mad. But it's it's got moments where like what's the fucking Arthur Brown guy in this weird cult church thing is doing a number Mm. like that's fucking mental I love this and (laughs) then it moves on to something else like Tommy has a bizarre attention span it's not only about a pinball wizard it makes doesn't make full sense as much as this makes sense I like the structure of this sports movie musical but this one it's sort of there's not enough is there there's like you know having a little special power bit at the end is a nice touch to finish what has become as a regular sports movie snooker match, but... Sp- the, wait, hold on, sports movie snooker match musical. You know, but like, it, the end bit is more focused on the sport than it is yeah. about song and dance. Like They, they use music throughout, and it's, it's like, well done, you did this, but why the f*** did you do this? There was no... No one asked for this. No one needs this. You've done it. Well done, but... I think, like you mentioned Buckaroo Banzai, Buckaroo Banzai I also find irritating, but <laughs> that one I... is weirder. You know, this, I... is, this is kind of pared down and a little dull, like, throughout. There's no real pageantry was... and excitement. It's just, ah, oh, fuck it, it's weird they're doing this. It's weird it's about a vampire and fucking snooker and cockney gangsters. And there's sort (laughs) of a Wild West vibe to one guy.
2: It has that, like... It has the same thing that Buckaroo Banzai has for me, in that like, even watching it, I'm sitting there thinking, I don't know why I like this.
1: (laughs) I don't know why you like it either. (laughs) I I think we're going to have to do Buckaroo... Is it Banzai or Banzai? Banzai, right. There's something in just how committed
2: to it the idea it is. Even though it's kind of not for
1: anyone other than the people who made it. Even snooker fans wouldn't watch this shit, would they? Oh, good god, no. This <laughs> is... It's <laughs> far too weird and avant-garde. <laughs> fucking snooker fans wouldn't watch this. So who is it for? Fans of... I think weirdness? I think,
2: I think it's for British theatre kids. Maybe. That's why I'm disappointed that Anthony couldn't join us for this one. <laughs> god, <laughs> like, <laughs> it feels like it's for it's just for him
1: he <laughs> be you want to do a song from this as an audition piece to get into like a musical uh what have you selected i have selected Snooker, Snooker, snooker from the film <laughs> billy the kid and the fucking yeah, we haven't
2: we haven't we didn't really talk about him and i wish i could figure out who he is in the cast list on imdb cuz like f- fucking hell <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he's just, uh, what was it? Abby, you said his name was, like, uh Money, something. Yeah, so, no, no, so, that so, was... No, that's... that was not him. No, oh, the announcer the guy. Moms. Yeah, yeah, the... I... Like... That's <laughs> Neil McCall, isn't It's who? It's Big Jack K. I remember he had his JJ something? on his... Oh, Jack he did K. have a JJ on him, Oh, yeah.
2: it is, bad. Big Jack J, Neil McCall.
1: But he's just the announcer. I liked. I did like him. I need him introducing more things. I'll take yeah. that. But what, you know, what's to say he does a, does a rousing job of uh, bigging up the introduction to the match? But you know,
2: it was on for so long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, he's just—he's loving it. Fucking hell! But I don't know. I mm. what? It, what is it about snooker that's so weird? They, t- they like I think Abby, you were right at the start. You mentioned the '80s was characters, but the characters of the '80s and into the '90s snooker, it was just they had funny haircuts and a different accent to a yeah. different guy. not, not like they weren't like pure gimmicks like wrestling. They were just. I think you had to make out there was a rivalry, otherwise it's just men in a room sitting down waiting for their turn at the board game. You know.
0: <laughs> the modern era, I would say, started with someone like Alex Higgins, who was real character because he was. Alcoholic and
1: Uh,
2: mad. That's Um, a proper sportsman. And
1: Uh,
0: then you sort of segue way into. I'm just trying to. The ginger, the
1: ginger tall one, (laughs) the the moustachioed bald one, the big glasses one,
0: John Virgo, the waistcoat dickhead. I mean, technically, all of the things you're saying are correct, but I would like to refer to them by their actual names. Go on. (laughs) But it's just. You had individual people you could latch on to. That yeah. were sort of like they were good, but they weren't so good that you were sort of annoyed.
1: They weren't Asian yeah. Asian teenager good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not like watching video game speedrunners and just being like, "Fuck off! You're too good at this, uh- and <laughs> I'm
1: sick." I don't know, but I feel feel like you say characters. It wasn't like fucking Robot Wars, was it? It was just blokes in waistcoats.
2: Yeah, I think... Like like endlessly playing the
1: same sport.
2: I think part of it is latching on to characters in snooker because that's the only thing you can latch on to. So any personality trait that is obvious in a snooker player is like, oh yeah, that's him, the the glasses guy. And then there's him with the waistcoats and the vampire... Because it's really just a bunch of coloured balls very slowly moving <laughs> around on a
1: table. Yeah. Maybe it's the, I don't know, so, there was something in the air in the 80s that made both wrestling and snooker these huge things that uh, latched it's, on to so, something in pop culture. This is
2: an interesting thing about this film, to me, is people, like, 80s nostalgia has been a thing now. Since the 80s. Since- kind of yeah i mean it's, it's like 80s nostalgia kicked off in like the early 2000s and it kind yeah. of hasn't stopped yeah. like i think 80s nostalgia as a concept is actually now more vintage than the actual 80s was at the time when it started um
1: i think there's been i think of all the nostalgic decades like 60s was a big nostalgia decade yeah. afterwards but i think the 80s one like you say since the 80s it's, it's it's <laughs> really been the the, the big hit but
2: there's culture. a very, like the 80s nostalgia that most people either have or take part in culturally. Yeah, it's very specific. It's very well. It's you fucking. Know, it's Vice it's, City, Miami, it, Vice, Miami Vice,
1: Duran Duran. It's Duran Duran. Therapy, yeah. It's fucking. Um, it's you know, it's it's everything neon it's 80s. Very it's like
2: American TV and yeah, Saved 80s. by
1: the Bell type shit. Isn't it? night. Oh, 80s. Sorry, mate. But, uh, they they, <laughs> yeah, they felt very 80s. Yeah, yeah. I but uh, yeah,
2: you like it's very like mainstream 80s um, American TV 80s nostalgia. Is blondie like, is like and
1: fucking teenage mutant like, ninja turtles.
2: Then this film, I think, is an interesting representation of like a different side of that era that
1: isn't M- middle-aged people. <laughs> yes, yeah, not God, youth. It's a working man's 80s. Yeah. Where you weren't having like cocktails on some balcony somewhere in
0: a t shirt and a jacket that was too big. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, peop yeah, it was uh, middle class, middle aged people would get into like drinking cocktails, but it wouldn't be anything too exciting, innit? It you know, it's fags and uh pubs eighties, not fucking yeah. Miami, you know. <laughs>
2: It's very, it's very specifically British. It's like, it's, it's that like young ones, yeah, uh, like grimy eighties that isn't part of that like nostalgia package. Yeah. So I, I think it's interesting to, to be exposed to stuff like that. Um, just especially with how mainstream the concept of the eighties has become now, mm. div- completely divorced from what the decade actually was.
0: Yeah, I remember. I can't remember who I was talking to, but they were saying like people don't remember that there was still a lot of nineteen seventies
2: brown in the 1980s. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah and I that's mean, in this
2: film like that's very much present in this film.
1: It's it's very much the youth club of movies, isn't it? It's fucking yeah. Like a massive pint of very weak corduroy squash in a <laughs> oh. wood panel, a wood paneled. Uh, basement just in a fucking Sunday school. Squash. Just <laughs> I
0: think that's perfect.
1: <laughs> well you know, the the pu- like I don't know, well, they got very little corduroy and it's just mainly water but a tiny idea of squash. See, in see, a I pint glass.
0: To say cordial no, I think what,
1: so what's the word? Yes. Cordial. Cordial. Corduroy. No, like the trousers. <laughs> well the corduroy is very seventies, but again, yeah, eighties, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. Fuck it anyway, right? So this is authentically shitly eighties. <laughs> yeah. so this is the real eighties that happened, not the eighties you imagined when you fucking when you were born in two thousand and you thought the eighties were cool because fuck. Yeah. It's not Ready Player One bollocks made up eighties. It's real Phil Daniels mullet shit snooker eighties, actual fag packet eighties,
2: real vampires playing snooker eighties,
1: AIDS epidemic eighties. <laughs> Fuck! Yeah, <laughs> this is the Killing Joke song eighties yeah. turned into a film. Oh, it is a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, um, any any further thoughts, Abby? Any last bits of notes or uh, things you want to say about this uh, Snooker Loopy bollocks?
0: I have an unusual relationship in, with this film in that I I like the essence of this film, mm. but not the execution of this film but I so like what they wanted to do, what they tried to do. They just failed to do so.
1: Bless. I think I... I don't know if I agree, because I don't know if it was a. I think I would have been one of the people going, nah, you shouldn't make (laughs) that. But, um... It's... uh, At least it's trying to be different. It's not like anything else I've seen. So well done, that. You tried, and you're weird. There might be some pleasure in it, but the pleasure is mainly what the fuck is this? <laughs> over and over again, yeah. you're going, what is going on? This is a fuck. Is this a film really? I was surprised when it wasn't four by five TV movie. I was like, what? This? Did they put they project this in an actual cinema? Well, how how could imagine? they? Going to see this in the cinema? You play As, your fucking like two barb or whatever. An
2: adult man who likes snooker in 1985 sitting down to watch this.
1: This is a great date movie. <laughs> Fuck no. <yeah. laughs>
2: um, the composer for this film, uh, George Fenton, has done some like big movie scores.
1: Mm. Just the the graphics on the start of this film as well, like a proper circular.
2: Oh, I, loved, I loved the fucking uh, opening credits. I was so... well, that might have been actually why I gave the film so much credit going forward. They like like, just these the... fucking He-Man font credits are amazing.
1: Yeah. Early early graphic design on a computer, yeah, fucking work. Just just uh, uh, like a, like a vampire bat logo with. Uh, and they didn't have as much as the Western. I thought they'd go for Billy the Kid and the green base vampire would have a shed uh like concept but it was mainly like the vampiriness was represented in the weird logo and the font, but I don't know, like a vague coloured sunset, maybe. Not really, just kind of disgusting colours. But no, it definitely um it's definitely fucking unique. That's the thing. It's unique, a little boring and uh, could have could have been a whole lot more exciting and, and elaborate. But um well, well done. It's almost uncharacteristically mad because it feels like people who shouldn't normally be making a musical had a go at yeah. being a bit fun and musical. And they just, it's not in their heart, you know. <laughs> they weren't born to make this, so its its campness is sort of toned down and a bit satirical and less sort of out there. I think you needed to be. It needed to be bolder right like west side story is fucking mental and doesn't hold back and I, I don't like west side story but at least it it's it's full on like whereas this is so like what you're saying is bizarre. you want
2: this to be remade beat for beat but with a bigger budget
1: yeah but not by spielberg i don't you don't think he <laughs> needed to tamper with west side story or this but this yeah, bigger go big or go home i say
2: it's i don't know i I kind of wish more people had seen this film and there was more out there about it I'm fascinated by it I will say it probably does help that the last film we watched and recorded a podcast about before this was the fucking 2017 Mummy (laughs) (laughs) so anything even vaguely interesting after watching what is essentially a fucking wheelie bin full of standard definition DVDs of Tom Cruise action films (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that you excavated from a tip is probably like. If, if I wonder if I hadn't watched that before this, this would be as as interesting as it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's like, a. Oh
2: look, it's got I've gone from looking at solid grey wallpaper to paisley wallpaper. <laughs> oh, it's still
1: solid grey, but painted, fake painted walls. No,
0: it's got that. It's it's a solid grey colour, but it's got that. You know how in the eighties you had wallpaper that had that weird texture to it. Oh
1: yeah, the secret patterns wallpaper. Yeah, just any like, that, or that, just that weird wallpaper in the vampire house, like the fucking bungalow from hell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, know, yeah, like, well, it's a, it's a hell of an artifact you've uh, dusted off and found in the, the catacombs Abbey,
2: for some reason. <laughs> and... And also, uh, listening to this, having not seen the film, and they're only hearing about it from this podcast, seek it out, because it's, it's, it's fucking on, worth experiencing. experience. It's on
1: YouTube, guys. It's on fucking
2: YouTube now. No, I watched it on Amazon Prime like a good boy, so. Oh,
1: I, I watched it properly as well, sort of. But it is on YouTube, and probably better definition than it played in the cinema, which is <laughs> atrocious.
2: I was I, I, that's the other thing I watched it on Amazon Prime and I was surprised at the visual quality
1: of it. <laughs> I feel like this film should be watched on a videotape though. This should be put yeah, in on can, a small TV
2: on, if you can find this on VHS somewhere and you still have uh you know 12-inch CRT TV with the with the video player.
1: This this is a film in. that should have been recorded off the TV after like an a, a difference that your mum has taped uh, Darling, buds of May, and then you, and then that ends, and then this comes on, and you're like, "What's this? This this is very much second yeah. film on a tape." If Vibes. you're going to watch
2: it on the tape, uh, adjust the tracking on it so it's slightly wrong. Yeah. So the bo- so the bottom of the image goes a bit wobbly for the whole film. Yeah. That's the best way to watch that, it. That's <laughs> the the
1: authentic actual eighties way to watch it. Uh, it. I also
2: think it's funny that having done this after The Mummy. Um, you had the one ghost of a Cockney character in the mummy, in the uh, Mister Hyde, and then he bled through into this entire film. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why I picked up on
0: subconsciously. <laughs>
1: oh, anyway, join us next time for another horror atrocity <laughs> uh, that <laughs> may not so, may not be an actual David, horror. Oh dear, well. perfect. Well, we'll see what the roulette of movies comes up with <laughs> next time. And uh, you know, if you can't wait, there's a whole bunch of other podcasts where we discuss any countless numbers of terrible Drek. Not and, uh, countless. Uh, well countable sometimes. countable numbers of Drek. <laughs> sometimes we do good films. Yeah, yeah yeah. Sometimes we do good films. And oh, we do a bad job. We yeah, they do. Yeah, they Some some good shows, some good films. Never the twain necessarily be. It's a regular um, roulette. Podcast. Regular regular podcast is true. No one's games that high. <laughs> anyway, toodly 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 snookery pips.